Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Drop pass, Dreisel and McDavid down the middle. Rich shot, score! Hunter McDavid, just like that! Oh, and he's going down the rail. He's got a man open. It is complete. And he's going the distance. Inside the five. Touchdown, Eskimos! Ricky Collins Jr. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Brought to you by Cam LLP Injury Lawyers. Representing injured people in Edmonton and across Alberta since 1962. On the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. All right, here's what's going on in the NHL so far tonight. Early in the second period, Blue Jackets up 1-0 on the Canadians. Panthers and Bruins are scoreless. Seven minutes left in the first period. Rangers lead the Penguins 1-0, just getting underway. The Coyotes and the Blues. Later on tonight, right here on 6.30 Jet, 7 o'clock face-off show game at 8.30. It's the Oilers up against the Sharks. The Oilers 12 12- Five and two on the season. The Sharks doing better after a poor start. They did have a five-game losing streak. They have recovered by winning three in a row. Last year, San Jose pretty much dominated the Edmonton Oilers in five meetings. The Oilers did get an overtime win, the first game coached by Ken Hitchcock after replacing Todd McClellan. Uh, the other four games really were not close. We'll have the face-off show at 7 o'clock tonight. Oh, my, Don Cherry. Oh, my. I think the word that I used was those people. It could have been Irish. It could have been Scotch. It could have been anybody. And uh, it was picked up the the way it was picked up. And the silent majority said nothing. And the people that uh, wanted to pick it up, uh, uh, indonated, as they say, and something like that. And uh, Sportsnet, and that's who they listened to. All right, that's a clip from uh, Don Cherry speaking to Global Television today as he's been uh, doing the interview rounds after getting fired by Sportsnet for his comments on Coach's Corner on Saturday. I'm going to give some thoughts on this later on in the show tonight because Don Cherry, for me, was a a big part of Saturday night's. Coach's Corner was a big part of Saturday night's. That changed as as I got older and my interest changed and my uh, outlook on, on life changed, but... There was definitely a time in my life was uh, when Coach's Corner was, you know, can't miss TV or at least prefer not to miss if you were around on Saturday night to watch it. Uh, th- that changed for me, and uh, and Don is gone. And I guess I will introduce our guest tonight as a former colleague now of Don Cherry. It is Kelly Rudy. Kelly, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? Oh, I'm only hesitating, Reed, because... <laughs> Uh, for the first time doing your show, I'm kind of nervous. How's that sound? Well, well, it's okay to be nervous. I have that effect on people. But no, I, uh, I, I, I know why you're. I'm sure I know why you're nervous. Uh, you know, I, I went back and, well, I really didn't go back because there, there was a lot of YouTube clips uh, today, and there was uh, one from 1991 where uh, Don did his game intro. Uh, with an earring and uh, using an effeminate voice and uh, mocked your uh, 
your bandana a little bit and uh, hockey in Los Angeles in general. So he had a he had a he he, he obviously liked to, to cross the line or, or come as close to crossing it as he could on other occasions. But uh, I mean, look, you you got to know the man a little bit. I'm sure. I know you weren't on on TV together, but uh, just seeing this happen and, and the fallout, I'm just wondering where you're at. Well, I agree that he chose the wrong words and uh, they uh, offended some people. And so I uh, certainly can't disagree with that. The only thing, and I'm going to keep it short, just, I just wish it didn't happen and that his career on Hockey Night would end in this way. I just wish it would have ended in a better way for, for Don. And and I just heard the news. I, I, I hope it hasn't ruined uh, his relationship with Ron. That's the only thing, really. You know, those two guys were great friends for, what, 38 years? So, anyways, that's all I feel like saying about it, Reed. I totally get that you have to ask the question, and I, uh, you know, in honesty, we should let everybody know. You sent me a text asking if you could, and I called you right back and said you better. Otherwise, you know, for your own journalistic credibility, it wouldn't look very good. But it's, it's a topic I don't like talking about, of course. No, I understand. And like I said, I, uh, I, I have some thoughts on it, and, and mine are going to be, uh, I think, pretty personal to my experience because I think that's what it came down to for a lot of Canadians. That he was so famous, and he came into your homes. You, you, almost everybody felt like they had their own personal relationship with the man. So that's what I'll talk about uh, a little bit later on on the show. Okay, on the ice, uh, the Oilers in action in two and a half hours against the San Jose Sharks. Kelly, they uh, have come out with a couple of four-goal victories to get to 12-5-2 on the season. They shut out the Devils on Friday, beat the Ducks 6-2 on Sunday with McDavid getting a hat trick. Ryan Nugent Hopkins scored twice. 12-5-2 is a pretty good record. We're a quarter of the way into the season. I, I know Rob Brown and I get asked a lot, well, are they for real? Can they keep going? I'm going to ask you why or why not. Uh, can the Oilers keep going, stay at or near the top of the division and in the playoff race? Because I think the way in which uh, Dave Tippett has them playing, uh, I'm a big believer in uh, you don't get off to a start like that by, uh, with just luck and it being fluky. You know, So they've done a lot of good things. Uh, they're protecting their goaltenders really well. Um, they have two of the best players on the entire planet that are uh, challenging each other each night to be better and better. Um, but I, I'm still unsure simply because uh, of uh, what we talked about a few weeks ago, the secondary scoring. I mean, it's a massive drop-off. It was good to see Nugent Hopkins score a couple on Sunday, maybe uh, get some confidence back because he's such an important player for their team. But uh, I do worry when you get uh, the top two guys, basically, and then nobody else really chipping in that much. James Neal was hot early, and Zach Cassian has played okay at times also. But... Uh, you know, in a, in a game like this, it's so difficult to make the playoffs with the parity. We've talked about that a million times. If they were to sustain a serious injury uh, to one of their top guys, I mean, that, that could be devastating. So right now I say let's celebrate the start, but let's not order the rings just yet because I'm still very unsure uh, if this is uh, sustainable. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, I mean, obviously, even if they lose tonight, they're on pace for for 48 wins, which would be a pretty good pretty good season, and obviously would get you into the playoffs. I, I, I will say this: I won't argue with the points in the bank because it's some they they haven't lost more than two in a row, and even on on two of the three occasions they have lost two in a row, they got an overtime point twice. 
So you still put something in the bank. So I like that they have something in the bank. So when the time comes, they lose four in a row or lose five of seven. It's not going to seem devastating because I think, you know, last year, it just it just got exhausting for them to always trying to be playing catch up in the second half of the season. And you might have a good little burst and then one or two losses just felt like three or four because you were already behind to begin with. Yeah. You know, it, it is such a difficult league, though, and that's the one thing that you sort of have to caution against, that, okay, we've built up these points, and we've got a great record, and if we go on a bit of a slide, because we've seen, and even this year with a, a team like Colorado, man, they had such a great start. Now, of course, they're decimated by some injuries, but all of a sudden, they lose a couple, then next thing you know, holy, this is getting to be pretty serious, and they're, they're, they weren't playing very well. And or and or you look at Dallas, their terrible start, and uh, now they're finally back at 500. But if if you go on a really terrible run here, you can find yourself out of a playoff position pretty darn quickly. So again, I don't want to uh, rain on the start that they've had because it is really exciting and uh, it's good for the city of Edmonton after what the Oilers have gone through the last number of years. But uh, this is this is a league that. All of a sudden, if you start winning and or losing, it's contagious both ways, and it can be lead to really good things or it can lead to a serious problem. I want to ask you about a specific play from Sunday's game. McDavid got a hat trick. His second goal, he briefly fell down, and then, well, I guess I have to say he was at a near-impossible angle because he did score, so it wasn't wasn't impossible. I mean, Rob and I watched that a few times, and, and... we're kind of thinking, okay, what, how, what's Gibson thinking? McDavid's off to the side of the net. I mean, if an offensive player pulls that off, what what is a goaltender could have you done or you thinking you should have done when McDavid scores a goal like that? Well, you're at such a, such a disadvantage because when the when McDavid fell down and Gibson's there and he's probably thinking, okay, he doesn't have many options. Next thing you know, he pops back up on his feet and now – everything's available again with the way in which McDavid can skate. He can go across the crease to his back end. The unlikely play would be going high short side somehow with seemingly no room whatsoever able to roof it. So that play, I don't think Gibson thought was even available, but I don't think there's another player other than Sidney Crosby that can score a goal with all due respect to Ovechkin, but he's not the same kind of guy, maybe not quite as much of a finesse player, But, you know, that was a a really strong defensive play by Silverberg, yet McDavid with the speed is still able to get past him, uh, get tripped up a little bit, somehow recover and score. That was a remarkable goal. I watched it a number of times myself, just thinking um, how ridiculous uh, his edge work is to try and regain his balance and regain his composure, think about what he might want to do and somehow execute it. It's just... Like I said, Crosby would be the only guy that could do that. I don't think there's another player in the league right now that can do something similar to that. Oh, we got a text here just for you, Kelly. All righty. Uh, I, think, I think I know the answer, but I'll, uh, I'll get your take on it. Ask Kelly if it's sustainable for the Flames to keep coming back from four-goal deficits in the third. <laughs> well, <laughs> that was against Nashville. I can laugh then... at that one, and I don't think the answer is yes. And Bill Peters said as much uh, about a week ago. He was quite disappointed with his team and he said something like that's not a winning formula and uh, we've got to change that and so uh, you know they've looked a little bit better their last uh, what two or three games now three games I think 
And did, they came back against the Blues, didn't they? But then lost in overtime. Weren't they down two nothing in they, that one? Yeah, that's right, two nothing in that one, and uh, against a really good team that's playing really well. But and I was at practice today. They looked uh, energized. I believe this is the first time since the season uh, has begun. Uh, read that they've had two consecutive days of uh, practices where they had Sunday off and then able to get practice uh, yesterday and today. And that's really important because, uh, you know, just playing games, have a day off or a a short practice and then another game, it's really taxing on every player. Yeah, I, 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 you know, when we got, and people have asked about the the Oilers too because they had the, the comeback against Washington. They trailed in the third period against Vancouver, against L.A. They've had some games, even their overtime loss to Arizona, they tied it with about five minutes left, got a point. Right. And I, and I get it that you're playing with fire if you're always behind, but I also have to say you have to be good enough to come back, right? Like Absolutely. there's still something to be able to said to find finding a way to get something out of those games. Well, the one quality that you, you learn about yourself is that you're not a quitter and your teammates aren't quitters, right? Because And, and that is an important thing. I've always said, you know what, sometimes you will be down 4-2, but don't give me the oh, woe is me attitude and don't give into it. And so if you do come back, uh, trust me, I, I'm really... Uh, uh, respectful of teams that can do that because, like I said, that means that they're, they're not giving in to that losing feeling. Yeah. Kelly, always great to have you on the show. We will talk to you next week. Hope things are going Thank well you. for you. Okay, thanks, bud. See ya. That is Kelly Rudy, our weekly guest here at Inside Sports, former goaltender, now a broadcaster with Sportsnet. This portion of the show presented by Furnace Family. Experience the Furnace Family difference. Your furnace replacement specialist with over 500 five-star Google reviews. Call 7804-FAMILY or visit FurnaceFamily.com. If you would like to reach... Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Shout out to old Wilkie. You can do so by texting 630-630 or phone number 780-496-0063. Back after the break. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by Cam LLP Injury Lawyers, representing injured people in Edmonton and across Alberta since 1962. All right, we have the Oilers and the Sharks tonight. Seven o'clock face-off show game at eight thirty. Another Oilers game on Thursday. Another one Saturday afternoon. Sunday. I wasn't sure we were going to have this for you, but we will have it. Another Eskimos game, East Final at Hamilton, Sunday morning, 9.30 countdown to kickoff. The game will start at 11. I had the Eskimos as underdogs going into Montreal. They are huge underdogs in my mind going into Hamilton, but at least they are there, and i got to give them credit. A pretty impressive game on uh, Sunday against Montreal. Uh, Harris obviously was brilliant. And uh, I've been critical of Jason Moss for being a a little stubborn with some of the play calling and and play design throughout the year. There were some wrinkles in that game. Uh, I mean, using McCarty a little bit more, some different formations. Even that little shovel pass to Daniels on that one play, a a few more uh, plays with a receiver coming across the formation at the snap that maybe you're going to hand it to him, made Montreal think a little bit. So it was nice that he pulled 
that out, but a healthy quarterback and a quarterback executing at that level, the biggest difference in the game. The quarterback play was not close. I, I mean, I know Vernon Adams is exciting, and he made some good plays. Well, Harris made almost every good play that, that he needed to make. So good for the Eskimos to move on. That was impressive. Frustrated fan texting in. He says, oh, the Eskimos will play for the Grey Cup after next weekend. And he calls himself not-so-frustrated fan, a.k.a. frustrated fan. Uh, Did frustrated fan not have an Eskimos-Montreal Grey Cup at some point? Might have, yeah. I think he might have had Montreal passing. No, I can't remember what he had. I don't know. I love frustrated fan, though. His predictions are always good. Mm Mm-hmm. Some questions out here about the Oilers. Roadhammer says, uh, I'm a proponent of what the team is after 20 games. Uh, I'm not worried about us making the playoffs. Secondary scoring is a little bit of a worry to me. Cassian is on pace for 20 goals, so that's not bad. But I'm really intrigued what this team is going to look like when Larson comes back. That is from Roadhammer. Well, and what's interesting, too, uh Joel Pearson is not expected to play tonight. They're going to put Brandon Manning in. And I know we've gotten a lot of questions. What happens when Larson comes back? It would appear to me Pearson might be the odd man out or the guy who doesn't play every game. So keep that in mind. T says the Oilers might fall back a bit, but the Oilers are for real, and everyone keeps forgetting that Larson is still coming back. Another texter simply says, can Miko and Smith maintain this pace and stay healthy? The goaltending has been very good, if not excellent. I mean, I think a couple of wins have been strictly goaltending wins, certainly the game in Pittsburgh. And even the home game over Philadelphia, I know the Oilers won 6-3, but they could have been down 4 or 5-2 after two, if not for Costa. So the goaltending's been worth at least four points. And uh, John writes in, he says, Reed, it's like the Eskimos were playing rope-a-dope with their offense all season. The creativity and imagination they showed against Montreal, I don't know where it came from, but I've been waiting for it all year. That is from John. All right, we'll take a quick timeout. Uh, we're going to give away some Oilers tickets later on in the show. And I'll have my personal thoughts on the departure of Don Cherry when we get back. Your home for all the news and expert opinion. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. Bruins now leading the Panthers 3-0 late in the second period. Also in the second, Blue Jackets up 1-0 on the Canadians. And the Rangers lead the Penguins 2-zip. First period, no score, Coyotes and Blues. No score, Avalanche and Jets. Later, Nashville in Vancouver. The Red Wings take on the Ducks. The Wild meet the Kings. And right here on 630 Ched, it's the 12-5-2 Oilers against the 7-10-1 Sharks. 8-30 face-off. We will shift gears into the face-off show at 7 o'clock. Don Cherry, in an interview with Global News, asked if he regrets saying what he did on Coach's Corner. What I was, should have said, everybody. And if I had to do over again, I would have said everybody. Because uh, the silent majority, as you know, that are, that are with me are silent. 
and the people that uh, jumped on it are not silent, and that's what uh, Sportsnet listened to. Well, I'm going to start off by saying this. Don Cherry is a Canadian broadcasting legend. In every sense of the word, he is a legend in the broadcasting field. Think about that. 38 years of doing the exact same job. Not just being in broadcasting, not just working in the media, not just working for a TV station, not just working on air, doing the exact same thing for 38 years in any field. That is incredible. His, his reach, his popularity, how he got people to watch, possibly unparalleled in Canadian media. An absolute legend when it comes to broadcasting. And, and think about this, when we've had these, you know, these polls or, or you know, these TV shows that do the greatest Canadian of all time, Don Cherry is often on the short list of the greatest Canadian of all time. That's how big he has been over the course of his career, how popular he has been over the course of his career. It, it's truly incredible what he accomplished, how he used that platform to communicate and connect with people or sometimes irritate people, but it was still a form of connection, let's be honest. Uh, I grew up in the 1980s, and that's when Coach's Corner really became popular. It was a segment you often felt like you didn't want to miss. If something happened in the hockey world during the week, I wanted to know what Don Cherry was going to say about it on Saturday. He was a voice for a lot of us, uh, an interesting perspective for a lot of us, and just someone whose voice mattered. Now, then as I got older... I found myself less drawn to Don Cherry and less drawn to Coach's Corner. I felt like, well, you know what, I'm going to miss it, so what? Maybe it was that I, I felt like I'd been hearing the same sort of message years after years. Maybe it was that uh, I wanted a hockey segment and not so much of Don Cherry's political views. But for me, for probably a while now, probably the last 15, maybe even 20 years, Coach's Corner hasn't been as relevant to me hasn't been something like I felt like I've needed to watch. Now, of course, some of you have remained bigger fans than I have, and that's perfectly fine. And I know some of you are absolutely outraged that Don Cherry was fired, but I'm going to ask you a pretty simple question here. Are you really surprised that this is how it ended for Don Cherry? Like, are you really shocked that this is how it ended for him on Coach's Corner? Because to me, the issue wasn't if someday Don Cherry would get fired, but it was when he would get fired and for what. The the fact that Don Cherry said something that offended or irritated a lot of people, that's not not the surprise here. I I mean, you you can have your own view on on what he said, and, and and I don't agree with Don that it's... It's, uh, you know, the silent majority is, is with him. I, I think, you know, he's trying to pump his own tires. But, I mean, that's fine. That's, that's, what, that's what Jerry's about. But, I mean, you, you, you knew this was going to happen. Everybody knew this was going to happen someday. It's, it's just amazing that he lasted this long. And, and, again, good for him for doing it, for doing it, because he was so popular 
And so many people loved him or tuned into him for, for, these, for these very reasons of him being opinionated and controversial that his employers couldn't take him off the air or couldn't discipline him as much as they might have other broadcasters in the same situation. They just couldn't. He was so big. So it finally reached the point where they said, like, we, we just can't keep putting you on the air anymore. But it's amazing he lasted this long. But, like, to be somehow just shocked in general that he got fired, I mean, that would be, that would be like having a buddy who, who does drugs every day and then one day he finds out he ODs and you'd be like, oh, I can't believe he died that way. Well, no, I mean, that, it's obvious. This, this is how it was going to end for Don. He's been saying that he's been fired for two words. He said, you people, in his, uh, in his little poppy rant on Saturday. He's saying it was two words, and he, he would have chosen his words differently. Well, first of all, I think Don Cherry knew exactly what he was saying because he has a history of saying things with, that, with a very similar message. And he wasn't fired for those two words. He was fired for years of repeatedly crossing the line and for saying things that made a lot of people cringe. This wasn't a case of, uh-oh, Don said one strange thing, so we're gonna have to, uh, we're gonna have to put him back in line. No, this was his employer saying, oh my God, he's been doing this for years and he just did it again. And, I, I, and we, we can't let him bounce back for this one. But again, Credit to the guy for what he did. It was controversy, and it was having a strong opinion, and an opinion that wasn't always popular with everybody, that made Don Cherry famous and kept him in that role for as long as it did. But it was that very thing. I mean, you live by the sword, you die by it. And he he lived a long time wielding that sword. And eventually, it caught up to him. And it was, it was bound to happen because we've all heard things over the years. We, you know, there's so much stuff on social media now, stuff he said about women, stuff he said about indigenous people, things he said about European players, uh, you know, speaking in an effeminate voice, you know, wearing a fake earring and, and, and mocking homosexuals and all this kind of stuff. He's been doing it for years. And he's been so big, he's been able to get away with it. And all that happened now, well, not all that happened, but what has happened here is he has crossed the line and Sportsnet said, okay, Don, that's, that's the last time you're going over the line. We, we can't keep dealing with the pushback. And there was a lot of pushback over this. Like if you, if you actually believe that there's a silent majority behind Don Cherry, I would question your interpretation of the facts and what Canadians think. Because, yeah, I, I get it. There, there might be some, uh, some people who have immigrated to Canada recently or who are from immigrant families or who might have a skin color that isn't white who are mad about this. Well, there are a lot of white Canadians who are pretty upset about this too. I thought Dave Hodge, who of course was the original uh, host of Coach's Corner before Ron McLean jumped in, uh, Dave Hodge did it for the first four years. I thought he summed it up very well on Twitter. I'm going to read his tweets. The day Don Cherry decided he should speak to and for Canadians on any subject at all should have been the day that somebody told him he couldn't because he was an ex-coach hired to comment on matters related to a telecast called Hockey Night in Canada. 
Hodge went on to say, Howie Meeker was Hockey Night in Canada's most popular and most colourful commentator until Don Cherry arrived. Howie was never bigger than the show itself, never tried to be bigger, wouldn't have been allowed to be bigger. The opposite applied to Don. That's what Dave Hodge wrote. And you know what? Don took advantage of it. And again, I say good on him. He made 38 years, an incredible legacy, doing one thing and doing it incredibly well. And knowing, well, maybe not always knowing, but but pushing buttons and keeping people tuning in. Was he always right? No. (laughs) Was it always what people wanted to hear? No. But he kept people tuning in, and good for him. But again, when you're walking that edge all the time, you run the risk of falling off the edge at some point. And, and I think that's what, what finally happened to Don Cherry. And again, a guy I used to watch, I, I would try never to miss it when I was a younger man. But my, my feelings toward it changed as I went on. And John Shannon said on the face-off show on Sunday, sometimes you got to stay in your lane. And ultimately, that's why Coach's Corner became less appealing to me is that it became more of Don Cherry espousing on politics or the military. And, hey, I, I'm sure his intentions in his mind were, were good and noble, and that's fine. But I, ultimately, I wanted a hockey segment. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ultimately, is because he kept straying away from hockey. That's what got him into trouble. 645 You can text 63630. Hi, this is Oscar Clefbaum from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chat. All right, face-off show starts at 7. Oilers and Sharks at 830 here on 630 Chat. A lot of uh, comments to 630, 6.30. Uh, I'll just read them. I'll just read several off here. This texture says, The silent majority isn't behind Don Cherry. It's behind free speech. I'm with you. He hasn't been relevant for 16 years, but incorrect speech might be a slippery slope. Eddie says, I'm turning you off, Reed. Can't take your comments about this. Another, uh, Ross says, Reed, you're so wrong. Canada has Don Cherry's back. You are lost, pal. Care to debate this? You'll lose. I would love to debate you, Ross. Uh, Martin says, not surprised that Cherry got asked or axed, but I thought Trump would have beat him to the unemployment line. <laughs> that is from uh, Martin. Uh, this text says, Don Cherry said, you people, after singling out new Canadians. So in reality, he said those people, which is an issue. Jim says, I'm not surprised, Reed. Sportsnet played with fire, letting him speak politically, and they got burned Saturday. Good on grapes. Drew says, that's really the point here, isn't it? At what point did it stop becoming about hockey and start becoming about things like immigration? He has no business telling people what they should be wearing on a hockey show. 
Joe says, I think you should heed John Shannon's words and stay in your lane. If Mr. Cherry shouldn't speak for the majority of Canadians, why should Reed? Well, Joe, I made it clear I'm not speaking for a majority of Canadians. I made it clear those were my personal thoughts. Another texter says, I can't help but hear the hypocrisy. What makes you think anyone cares about your opinion on Don Cherry? You think people tune into this show to see what Reed Wilkins thinks about other media personalities? Well, I guess you don't. I, I'm not sure why people listen to the show. I think that's an individual decision. Uh, I do know this. A lot of people asked me over the last couple of days, are you going to be talking about Don Cherry on your show? I think on a show called Inside Sports, it would be negligent of me not to address one of the biggest stories in the Canadian sports world on a show called Inside Sports. So I think what you're actually complaining about, sir or ma'am, is that the fact that I have a different opinion for you makes you uncomfortable and you can't handle it. So that's your way of lashing out. Uh, This texture says, well done, Reed. I admire your courage to stand for the truth. I'm sure Don's intentions were noble. However, the impact of his words were absolutely horrible. Richard says, Reed, I echo your sentiments on Cherry. Couldn't miss him in the 80s and 90s, but for the last 15 years, I turned the channel. I want analysis by somebody who has done their homework, not hot air about vets over and over again. All right, bunch of texts there at 6.30, Got time for some phone calls as well. Peter, go ahead. Harry, thanks for taking my call. Uh, I appreciate your opinion. You're you're an honest guy. Um, it's it's ironic or tragic that it had to happen on a topic like this because we've known. I mean, if you've listened to Don Cherry over the years, you know how impassionate he is about veterans and about uh, Remembrance Day. And uh, if, yes, it got him into hot water. I, I think he he almost paused there and wanted to change the course of what he said, but he said, ah, "I'm gone this far." Boom, and he and he kept going. Those two words led him down the path of, I guess, no return. Uh, if he would have said everybody instead of you people, I'm, you know, he would have, I'm sure. And I'm, I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed in Ron McLean. In basically, uh, Ron McLean stuck stuck up for him a couple of times when uh, they didn't renew his contract, and. Uh, they did re- renew his contract, and he's gone on. And if, you know, I, I just he basically to me he stabbed him in the back. Even though Ron McLean doesn't speak for for Don Cherry, but he sat beside him long enough that he he, he definitely could have handled it the other way. And I'm not going to look at Ron McLean the same way as I have over the last uh, umpteen years. So uh, thanks for letting me speak. Thanks, Peter. Appreciate it. Alfred on line two. Go ahead, Alfred. Yeah, I just wanted to talk about the outrage, um, not about what he said, because, you know, that's obviously that was wrong, but uh, just the thought police and the social media. Like, I wonder if Omar Cotter and his sister wears a poppy, and, uh, you know, like they tell him $10 million he got. So there's many sides to this, too. Okay, thanks, Alfred. And we also have Bruce on the line. Go ahead, Bruce. Yeah, with what, with what Don Terry said, I, I know he said it the wrong way, and then he corrected himself today on the news. Um, but we have athletes that go out there that are paying high-priced money, and they go out and do something wrong to somebody, and they pay that person off, and it gets under the table. It gets swept under the rug. So then we turn around, and then these athletes come back into the sport, and they praise them like gods, where, I'm sorry, I, I think it's hypocritical that any sports nation would say these athletes are 
infallible to what they've done. Don Cherry did something wrong. The athletes have done something wrong, but the teams let them come back because they are their golden tickets. That's what upsets me the most. Well, but but I think, too, like I said, I think there were a lot of things that Don could have been disciplined or fired for over the years that he wasn't because he was such a golden ticket. But, I mean, you tell me which athlete has gone over to Afghanistan and gone to cemeteries and seen uh, war, war heroes that have died for us. And you tell me which athlete has done that, and then I'll say, okay, fire Don Cherry. All right, thanks, Bruce. Appreciate it. Okay. All right, Mark, go ahead. It's um, it's unregrettable. It's regrettable that it had to come this way. But for twenty years, he's been he's been um, basically not not worth listening to. He um, he 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 has obviously been branded as a hard nosed guy, and that has come back to bite him. It's um. Which immigrants are you singling out now? Are you singling out visible minorities, or are you singling out non-visible minorities, or are you visible Muslim? What happens um, if I came to this country from a war-torn country that was Canada uh, was using their military against my former country? Clearly, not everyone's going to wear a poppy. I wear a poppy because I choose to wear a poppy not because Don Cherry told me to wear a poppy, but because of the significance that it's had in my life and the people that died that I don't know and the people that I do know that have been injured or have fought and lost their way just so I can sit at home behind a closed door and complain about the weather, taxes, so on and so on. That's pretty much all I got to say, Reed. I think it was time that Don was let go because he's been irrelevant for quite some time. We want hockey insight, not the world as Don sees it. Thanks, Mark. Also have Riley. Go ahead, Riley. All right, I don't know how it's going. I just wanted to chime in real quick, and I wasn't uh, even going to call in. But uh, Reed, something real quick, hey? You mentioned that, you know, you think that you offended... Uh, some people on the text lines and, and that this is maybe how they're uh, lashing back. Imagine losing your job for that now, Reed. That's my only issue. What, what Don said, yeah, honestly, the guy's a dinosaur. Yep. Um, and I, I do have to agree with most of it, but uh, I just wonder if you lost your job for offending somebody, how would you feel? Well, I wouldn't feel great if I lost my job under any circumstance. Well, for sure, but you know, you just said an opinion on the radio right now, and imagine losing that job for just you're just doing your job right now. Right, but I I, I don't think Cherry lost his job just for having an opinion. I, I think it was deemed that his opinion. I agree. Was, there's was, there's more was, to it than many years. I agree, and I think Sportsnet was looking for a reason to fire him. Oh, probably. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, just probably up. You know, when you said you you offended some people on the text line, I just started thinking like, well, what if what if you were fired because of what you just said? And I think that's what a lot of the pushback is about. All right, maybe. And that's all. Thanks well, a lot. I appreciate it, Riley. All right, we're going to do the news. Caller number three, by the way, gets tickets to see the Oilers in Avalanche on Thursday. 780-496-0063. We'll give, this, give those away here at the end of the show. Thanks for all your calls and texts. Heck of a topic, isn't it? 
Face Off shows next. Oilers and Sharks at 630. 630Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630Chad.